Hello, this is Michael Curtis with Goodman Games, and you are listening to Legends of Tabletop. Hey everybody, this is John. And this is Vince. And you're listening to Legends of Tabletop. Creating legends one die at a time. Thank you for joining us today, Michael. I know that it's been a pleasure to have you on in the past. Is there any news that you'd like to share with us that you've been up to at Goodman Games? I have a plethora of news to, t- to share with you since the, the last time that I've been on. And uh, as we were just discussing before we went live, it's kind of gone full circle. Because the last time I was on, we were talking about Free RPG Day, uh, where half of that was involved uh, DCC Lankmar. And at that point, we were just kind of teasing uh, what we were been done, what we had done with it, and we were kind of introducing people to uh, what we were doing with DCC Lankmar. And now we have a Kickstarter, uh, and uh, we have days left on that Kickstarter, so uh, we're we're kind of coming down to the end of the path. So uh, so yes, we're more than happy to talk about it. Um, so uh, basically, the, the the extent of it is uh, Goodman Games uh, Dungeon Crawl Classic Rolling Game. Uh, they got a license from the estate of Fritz Leiber to adapt the Fafford and Grey Mouser stories for the DCC system. So for the past two years, we have been working on that. Uh, we've been putting a lot of work and a lot of love into adapting the DCC rules to fit the Lankmar setting and still allow people who love DCC as it stands to uh, to play their favorite version of DCC in the the, uh, the world of Naewon in, in the city of Lankmar. Um, so we, like I said, two years of, of writing and design and play coming to fruition, and we are very excited about it, and uh, I'm pleased to be here to talk to you and to all the fine listeners about it. So um, It's always exciting. So that, hmm? Yes. <laughs> Especially after two years of, of working on it, it's, it's kind of we there's still we have we have stretch goals which are being hit and that will require more writing, but uh, the manuscript is done. It has gone through editing. Uh, the art is coming in and uh, things are moving into layout, and I could not be happier. So. That's wonderful to hear because I have gone through everyone that I've interviewed in the past year and a half, I think, and. Many people that I have interviewed have continued on with their projects and they're in different stages, but some are kind of stuck and they've hit uh, little roadblocks, but I'm so encouraged to see that you're continuing to move on and move forward with this. Is there anything else that you'd like to share with the movement of DCC Lankmar? Um, well, let's see. Uh, the the extent of it is uh, well. First of all, it's taken us two years to get to where we are. So I, I totally understand the uh, you know the, the difficulties of where people run into roadblocks with with problems and such. Luckily, we we didn't go we didn't experience any of that. The reason that we did two years of, of playtesting and design is it because we all came to the project with a lot of love, and with most things you can either do it fast or you can do it good. And uh, for the very first meeting, we decided that we wanted to get like our right. So we were going to do it good. So uh, so two years has been, uh, you know, there's a lot of water under the bridge. There's a lot of play testing. A lot of things went well. A lot of things didn't go well uh, in a, you know, on a play testing level. Um, but now we've got, you know, we've got all the, we've got all the, the, the bugs worked out and we've had a very positive response from the, uh, from the fans. And now we're just waiting to kind of uh, see from the community, the DCC fans and fans of Fritz Leiber and Fafford and the Master, if we did what we wanted to do, which was to get Lightbar right. Um, so we had the we had an advantage kind of going into it though that I think not a lot of other game companies have had is that uh, uh, Dungeon Crawl Classics was designed from the ground up to kind of mimic these uh, classic sword and sorcery genre, the, the so-called Appendix N that Gary Gygax uh, listed when he did you know, D&D. Uh, these were kind of the these were the main sources of inspiration to it. So with DCC, in its, as I like to say, in its very DNA, has has Liber's Lankmar. Um, so 
rather than having to con entirely convert a rule system to fit the setting, we already had a lot of the elements we were looking for already baked into it. So it was more a matter of making small tweaks to it uh, rather than having to uh, rebuild things from the ground up. If we had to do that, we'd probably still be play testing. <laughs> so. Well, you've certainly um, put yes, a lot of it. <laughs> yes, we did put a lot of work. <laughs> so, um, yeah. So the uh, so uh, I guess the the general discussion. Uh, I guess one of the kind of the highlights of what we've done with it is um, we are we knew right from the beginning that uh, DCC Langmore had to work on three separate levels. It had to work for fans who just loved DCC and they didn't necessarily want to do anything set on day one or set in Langmore, but they just were looking for cool new monsters, cool new spells, cool new patrons that you know ideas that they could just kind of transplant into whatever campaign world they were doing. So that was it had work there it also had to work for people who like dcc you know kind of as is with a, you know very uh tolkien you know the elves and dwarves and, and halflings running around none of who actually appear in the source material uh but you know if you if that's what you love uh we had to make it work so hey you can move you you can move your entire campaign over to like mar and you could have your dwarves running around and everything it would still work without any hitches and then it had to work as what we call the literary campaign which is we had to do tweaks to the rules that um, made it feel like you were actually uh, playing out one of Fritz Leiber's uh, kind of gritty sword and sorcery tales. So, um, so I think we've hit uh, we've hit all three of those goals very well. Um, so, uh, so yeah, so the it, it's very exciting to do, and uh, we managed to do it with a plum, <laughs> at least so far as I'm concerned. <laughs> so. That's excellent because, uh, oh, what was I going to say? Um, one of our fans, and this kind of caught me by surprise, uh, Daniel asks, you know, you've done a lot of play testing with Lankmar. What are the top three ways to die? Uh, top three ways. <laughs> top three ways to die. Usually, somebody stick a very large, sharp steel thing through you. That's a, that's a very popular <laughs> way to go. We've decided. Uh, you know, um, the uh, there's a there's a certain element of grittiness to Lankmar, uh, which kind of goes along with the source material. There's a lot of you know shady deals in, in fog shrouded alleyways. Uh, you know, it's very easy to to upset the thieves guild. You know, who may hire. The, the wonderfully named Slayer's Guild to come out and take care of you. Uh, so uh, that's that's pretty much, uh, violence is probably the number one way to die in Lightbar. Um, <laughs> number two, I would have to say, um, uh, probably being eaten by something. Uh, so not not <laughs> so the yeah so the uh, so we're we're in a lot of in a lot of uh, you know like Dungeons Dragons and other fantasy games uh, you know you're you're more worried about being taken out by like a dragon or you know uh, you know so any sort of like unintelligent monsters in Lankmar the worst monsters are you know your fellow you know your your fellow humans uh, but that doesn't mean that there's not a, there's not it doesn't mean there's enough you know uh, kind of big shield or or undead or what creatures running around which could also take care of you. And uh, then number three, probably um, upsetting the wrong supernatural entity. Uh, that's probably the third way to go. <laughs> so uh, people who know the stories know that uh, Fafford and Mouser, they had their mentor, uh, Shiva of the Atlas Face and Ningleball of the Seven Eyes. We have included rules for people to have um, their own kind of mentors, not quite not quite patrons uh, in the way that DCC uh, has, has used them in the past, although we do have that option for them. We introduce a concept which are called agents, and agents are more of a, it's more of a, um, Kind of a more ad hoc agreement with these supernatural entities like uh you know uh i'll scratch your back if you scratch mine you help me out every now and then and i will perform these deeds for you um and you can have multiple uh these multiple patrons you can use these multiple mentor mentors so if you're actually doing a lot of work for one of them you may actually be upsetting the other ones that you you know work from from time to time uh so you never could be certain you know it's always a it's always like a balancing act um, so, uh, if you get too far into debt into one of those, you may find some, un, you know, um, un, unfortunate events, uh, coming your way, especially since one of those, uh, mentors and patrons that we've detailed is death. Uh, oh, so, 
But when death is death has death has a monthly quota of, of you know people he has to hit. So if he comes up a little short, hey, you know, uh, he already knows your address. So you know, well, you, you might be pulled in to, to take care of some of that the, the missing spots. So. <laughs> well, you definitely have motivation to do so. Um, yes. I, I'm I'm going to take this opportunity to interject very briefly about this lovely beanie drink that we all know and love. And I love it so well. And with that, I'm going to have a break. And now, a word from our sponsors. Brought to you with consideration by Birds of a Feather Coffee Company. Birds of a Feather. If you are a morning lark, a decaf hummingbird, or a night owl like me, migrate the flock over to birdscoffeecompany.com. Birds of a Feather Coffee Company has a brew for every birdie. Available now, birdscoffeecompany.com. So, um, death and and what other entities that non-Lankmar people, what other entities might we be familiar with if we are not familiar with Lankmar in general or Fritz Lieber's world? Well, I mean, death, obviously death is, uh, is kind of universal. <laughs> so everybody, we, uh, pe- people who are coming into, into the, uh, the Lankmar system without having any, uh, f- familiarity with library stories, they might be a little bit at a loss because a lot of them are obviously tied into the source material. Um, there is one certain, uh, barbarian, uh, God that Fafford kind of, you know, has a has a kind of tentative agreement with, you know, having grown up in the the cold kind of pseudo Viking, you know, uh, landscape where he came from in the cold waste. There's a God by the name of Koss. And Koss is a you know, your classic kind of fur, you know, God of battle, fur lined, you know, kind of just big beard, just loves blood. So there's obviously a lot of, uh, there's a little bit of Krom in there. If you people know Conan. Uh, in fact, I'm half concerned. I'm half I'm pretty certain that Koss is kind of uh, Liber kind of poking uh, Howard in the ribs a little bit because um, mm-hmm. Fa- Fafford very much is is not so he, he's he's kind of a different take on Conan. He's kind of like Conan twisted, uh, you know, uh, where Conan is very, you know, uh, he's you know dark hair, dark eyes and not not really much of a sense of humor. Fafford is, you know, kind of coppery, coppery, you know, red hair. And, and he's very, you know, he's very outgoing and he loves civilization where Conan hated civilization. So there's a certain element that, uh, you know, um, Liber definitely had Conan in mind, so there's a little bit of poking of the fun. So Koss will be very familiar. Um, we've got a we've got a spider god and a rat god floating around too, so they're they're kind of universal. You know. um, so yeah. Okay, now who is your favorite Lankmark patron? My favorite Lankmark patron. Um, Let's see. I mean, there's because they're, they're so much fun. Um, each one has its own different personality. Um, if I had to, I've always been I've always been kind of fond of Shilba of the Eyeless Face, who was um, the the kind of the mentor of uh, the Great Mouser. And Shilba lives out in the swamp of the Great Salt Marsh, just out of Lankmar. And he, except for the one time she was a she. Uh, so her, his, her general gender is a little fluid, uh, has a hut in the very much that walks around through the swamp in a very much in the Baba Yaga kind of Baba Yaga's hut sort of, uh, um, type of, uh, you know, a mythological thing and where, uh, Shula is very direct. Uh, Shilba will, you know, is very, very to the point. Um, and just the idea of this kind of, you know, faceless figure, kind of almost like, almost like a Nazgul, you know, for uh, that kind of this cloaked figure with no face. Um, Shilba's definitely up there on the list. But they're, I mean, they're all fun given the right circumstances. So. Now, how, how have you modified the DCC magic system for Lankhorn? Well, or what did we wanted to have to at all. Um, well, what we wanted to do is uh, I wanted to eliminate something which I called first day rat head uh, because in the way that DCC works, um, if 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 all goes horribly wrong, if your very first spell right out the gate, the first game that you actually have a spell, you could roll abysmally and then you you have the head of a rat. Uh, you know, you you have, you have filled every, you know corruption has has ruined your body and you know now you have a rat head. Um, Although the characters of uh, Shilba and Ningawal are 
very alien appearance. Uh, they have a very, you know, obviously one has no face that we know of, and the other one has seven glowing eyes that come out of his hood. Uh, we wanted that to be something that you kind of you work toward. Uh, well, actually, it will not work toward. Nobody sets out and say, "I want to have no face or seven eyes." Um, but uh, so we kind of we ramped down the corruption effects a little bit. Uh, we made them a little bit more sinister rather than outright. So uh, when you do kind of low-level spells, the corruption you get is never quite as overt as a, say, gaming rat head. Uh, it's more like you gain these slight kind of eerie um, atmosphere, like dogs start hating you, or you know, uh, plant life starts dying when you're in the room, or you kind of you always smell like brimstone, little things like that. And then the more powerful you, sp more powerful spells that you cast once you start getting from you know, you know third and fourth level spells, uh, the corruption gets increasingly worse. So that's why the characters who can cast fifth level spells, the most powerful types of spells that are in DCC, they're your Ningables and your Shieldables whose bodies have become uh, just completely inhuman. Um, so we did a lot of that, that we we kind of changed. We didn't get rid of corruption because we know people love corruption in it. And, you know, I enjoy it too, but I just wanted to make it more indicative of the stories itself. Um, but of course, if you, if you love the crazy corruption that you know DCC has, you can always use that in there as well. Um, that was that was one of our big changes. The other change that we did is uh, in DCC there is something called mercurial, mercurial magic, and and the, and the way that works is every wizard who gains a spell, uh, in most cases, there's kind of like a secondary effect when they cast it. Like uh, it could be something just like they uh, you know um, they, they they get incredibly hungry, or you know there's a, a loud clapping thunder burst, or you know there's one of them. It's like every time you cast a spell, somebody in the universe dies. I mean that's really the, the far end of it. Um, so we, uh, we again, uh, that didn't quite fit the source material. So what we did is we added stipulations. And what stipulations are is that in order to cast a spell, every every wizard has their own special thing like you know is a lot of it kind of goes back to the uh like the material spell components that were in dnd like you had to have your your rod and your your you know wool in order to cast lightning bolt or whatever like that not quite that but we have things like you know you you have runes that you have to cast when you're using this spell or you you know you can't cast a spell if you're not standing on solid ground um there's just little small things like that which makes the spell casting unique uh, and kind of goes along with the lines of that in Lankmar, uh, magic tend to be a lot more ritualistic. Uh, people, there's some great lines about, you know, oh, get, let me get my mirrors and my lenses in order to cast a spell. So we wanted to kind of invoke that. Um, so those, those were the two major uh, tweaks that we did with the, with the, uh, with the magic system. Uh, but I, I always have to reiterate is that uh, all of this stuff is optional. Uh, if if you want to keep if you want to keep doing things the way that you've always done it with DCC, you can do it that way. It's not going to affect it. Um, this is the kind of tweaks that we added if you want to do quote unquote what we call the literary style campaign. So that's what we did with Magic, <laughs> and and people seem to enjoy it. So it's awesome. I I look forward to uh, playing a session of it sometime. Also, uh, classes. You modified Magic. Now, have you modified classes much? And thank um, you, Ben, Dave. Um, <laughs> we, um, we again, in the literary style classes, uh, we, we haven't so much um, modified them too much. It was more of we got rid of the extraneous ones. Um, for example, as I was saying is that uh, earlier, there are no elves and dwarves and halflings in library stories. So we we got rid of those classes. Um, I mean, you, you unless you come from another world or you're the judge decide that hey maybe there are elves and dwarves that you know uh, Fafford Master never encountered, um, those choices are not available at like right off the gate. Uh, so also clerics are. Although there are priests in the stories, the clerics are always kind of shady, uh, or there's some question of whether they have any power whatsoever. So we figure that clerics uh, didn't make a good fit for this literary style. Uh, so we just we for we just left three choices, which are um, thief, uh, uh, warrior, and wizard. Uh, that's if you want to do again the literary style. Um, so. By focusing on that, we felt that it really puts an emphasis on the kind of the questionable gray morality that the Fafford and Mouser's tales kind of dive into. Um, you know, you're not this, you know, you're not a holy warrior or you're not, you know, you're not from this magical, you know, uh, forest land or whatever. You are fighting day to day to survive in the mean streets of Blankmar. 
Um, so that was the that was the biggest change that we did with the with the character classes. Um, you know, we tweaked a couple of things where um, we've added, uh, uh, you know, like warriors have a warriors have a, a lucky weapon in DCC rules that it has that they get to add their luck bonus to. Uh, one of the small changes we did to kind of again go back to the source material where Fafford and Mouser named their weapons. In order to gain that bonus, you have to name your weapon. I mean, it's just it's a small little thing. It's 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 complete fluff. Uh, it's not, you know, a heavy, you know, it's not a heavy rule change or anything, but it goes that extra distance to get kind of people into that mindset. Uh, that doesn't mean, you know, so, I mean, they, you know, obviously when they want to come up with a cool name, uh, so, you know, they think about it and like the heroes, you know, it, just because you name your sword, you know, Widowmaker or whatever, if you lose that sword, you can just find another sword and say, I'm going to call you Widowmaker too and still get your bonus, but, you know, <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so that, that's, uh, that's what we did mostly with the character classes. Uh, we made some changes on how you create characters, though. Um, in DCC, uh, the core rules, uh, there's the character funnel where everybody makes, you know, three to four zero level characters and they all go on adventure and the survivors come out and they become your, your first level character, which is a great system. It's a lot of fun, uh, but it didn't quite fit, again, the kind of the source material. So we decided rather than have the funnel, uh, we start everybody out at first level, but we still wanted to have that kind of introductory adventure where you build a backstory to your character rather than kind of write it out ahead of, ahead of time you experience by going through the adventure. So the very first adventure we call the meat, and of course we get that from the story, you know, Ilmet and Lankmar, which is how Fafford and Grey Mouse are made. So the very first adventure is everybody kind of gets into some sort of situation, probably because events outside of their control, and the characters hopefully figure out that the best chance of them surviving the situation is to act together. So once, by the time they're out of that situation, they realize, hey, we, we've, we've gone through this, this trial together, and I trust you now, and, you know, okay, we work very well together. We should stay together for a sense of self-preservation. Mm -hmm. uh, the the very first adventure that uh, we, that I've written, uh, which is called uh, Mask of Lankmar, that that was designed as a meat adventure, and the way that kicks off is everybody is robbing this this nobleman, and, and they all end up in his basement at the exact same time that the kind of the, the guards figure out that they're there, and a big fight breaks out, uh, and hopefully the hopefully the characters you know overcome the guards and overcome the guards and realize hey you know we're all here to rip this guy off. Uh, and we do it pretty well together. And okay, we need a sorcerer to kind of get past this magical lock, and we need a big fighting guy to take care of the, you know, the 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 you know, the watch creatures or what have you. Uh, that's a, that's a, was a lot of fun, uh, and I love it. I love running that one because uh, as soon as the big fight is over, I I go around the table and say, okay, how did you get here? And everybody kind of comes up with this crazy story of how they managed to get into this guy's basement. There's a big party going on upstairs, everything. So just a really good time for people to start role playing and uh, you know, and kind of build up what their character is and these crazy stories about how they how they all met, meet each other. So, so the meat is very important. Um, so, uh, so no funnel if you want to do a literary thing, you get the meat instead. And uh, and the uh, the other big change we have is that when in DCC, usually you roll on your birth augury table, which gives you a bonus like you were born during a time of famine, so you get a bonus to your fortitude save or something like that. We work something similar. Everybody chooses where they came from, kind of in Nawan. Um, you know, who's the barbarian who came from the kind of the, the desert eastern land and stuff? Uh, once you choose that, everybody has a, like a, a, a benefit and a drawback. Uh, like a bike, you know, one of the, the barbarians may begin with a ship. Uh, you know, this is my long boat. I sailed this down here. I have a boat. Um, and uh, where somebody else might be, okay, I was trained partially as a sorcerer. I know how to cast a spell. And then, of course, the drawback might be, uh, but I'm being blackmailed by somebody. Or I, you know, I have upset a supernatural entity who wants to be dead, you know. So, again, we're, we're kind of adding things without getting into, like, feats and, you know, sewer backgrounds and all the rest of that stuff. We want to keep very easy, but we wanted stuff for judges and players to hang adventure hooks on. So, that's our, our Benison's in tune system. So, that's, I think that covers basically the big changes we did to character classes and character creation. So I hope that I hope that answers the question well. <laughs> It did, and thank you. Um, and, and I apologize. That was not Fan Dave. That was Fan Dan. Thank you, Dan. <laughs> so uh, you you've been doing the convention circuit. Which ones have you hit so far? 
uh, this has been actually a, this has been a, a light year for me. Uh, usually, I can do up to six during a year, which you know I know there's some people who are like you know six. Ah, I do six just standing on my head. Um, this year is I just came back a, a month ago now. Maybe if that uh, a month ago for, I was at Gary Con in uh, Wisconsin. Uh, Lake Geneva, Wisconsin. Um, that's always a great convention. It's always good seeing, you know, we have a, the DCC fans come out in in force. Um, we get to see the old guard, uh, you know, the guys who've been in, literally with role playing since it was, you know, was, was created. Uh, so, so that's always a fun one. Um, this year I'm doing uh, Gen Con uh, for the 50th year. I mean, I have to get out there for that. Uh, and then there, I haven't nailed it down yet, but we're looking at Gamehole Con in November in Madison. And uh, that might be it for me this year. Um, but with the rest of the DCC, the, the Goodman crowd is out there crazy. Uh, one of our other, one of our writers, Brendan LaSalle, uh, he's, he's a great guy. I think he's done, I think he's done seven conventions this year alone. He is, wow. he is a madman. He was going, like, there were times where like every weekend he was at a convention. So, um, so yeah, I, I, I can't do that, but so Brendan can, so he's out there keeping the flag flying. So I'm very happy for him. <laughs> yes. Flag flying and immune system strong. <laughs> so, but if anybody's going, if anybody's making it to Gen Con this year for 50th anniversary, I, you know, I will be there. I will be at the booth. Um, you know, I will be running DCC Lankmar, and I will be more than happy to ask your answer everybody's questions about DCC Lankmar. So, um, so yeah, yeah, we look forward to it. Um, I I know that I'm going to be doing another convention at the same time this year. So, uh, unfortunately, I will not be able to go to Gen Con. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, well, we'll miss you. Um, but if there's any of the listeners who happen to make it to Gen Con, I extend the offer to them as well. <laughs> Absolutely. So now, uh, Lankmar, uh, Lankmar and Mutant Crawl, uh, those were the, uh, oh, let's see, that was free RPG day last year, I think it was. Do you have anything similar yes, planned great. for this year? Um, well, we will have a, we will have a free RPG day release. Uh, Goodman Games have been supporting free RPG day from the beginning. Uh, I mean, that's, it. I'm pretty certain that's it. I mean, that, that, predates my time with the company. Uh, but I know they've been an avid, uh, an avid supporter of it. I was actually just uh, proofreading and doing the final pass on uh, my contribution for it this year. Uh, so uh, I don't know how much I'm allowed to say. Uh, there will be a DCC adventure in there uh, and there will be some uh, some other stuff for, if, if you let's just, if there will be other DCC related stuff, um, which you I don't think will, I don't want to get myself, I, yeah, I don't want to get myself in trouble. So <laughs> yes, there will be an adventure that I've written, uh, and there will be another thing at, at the very least. So, um, excellent. So, uh, <laughs> speaking of things that you have written, um, I have not yet scratched the surface of, I, I was a backer for your Kickstarter that Goodman did of the how to write adventures that don't suck. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. I was very happy to be part of that. Uh, that, that all came out. Uh, apparently Goodman games put out a earlier version of that uh, back during the 3.0, 3.5 days. So it kind of, uh, that had long out of print. Um, so I guess the, uh, the, you know, the, the cycle had kind of swung around again. Uh, so we started doing a, a seminar at the various conventions that we, we appeared at and we would have the, basically every Goodman games writer who was available at that convention would go and, you know, discuss, you know, all the little trick, you know, we'd open, open session with the audience and we would kind of talk about what we do and how we design ideas. And then we would take questions from people. And then of course, um, you know, Joseph Goodman knows pretty much everybody in this industry. I mean, Goodman Games is over 15 years old and, you know, for, for, for a company that came out of the 3.0, you know, 3.5 years, a lot of those, you know, that was a boom bust period. Uh, so Joe knows what he's doing. So we would have like uh, Stephen Chanel from um, Troll Lord or, and then we start getting people like uh, Jim Ward, who had been TSR for, you know, forever, forever. And, you know, was the, the mind behind Gamma World and Metamorphosis Alpha and stuff. And, and then he, uh, he kind of spearheaded the how to write adventure. He was kind of the, the project coordinator on that. So he reached out 
to a bunch of people he knew in the industry. So you get this great mix of kind of like old guard and new blood um, doing you know, all these essays and discussing about how to write adventure modules that don't suck. Um, so uh, that was that was fun to do, uh, especially after being part of the seminars for a good two years before we actually put everything down on on paper. Um, so yeah, so I got to d discuss my my session. Kind of goes against the you know it's the the, the classic uh, you know write what you know. Um, I, I I basically talk about how to incorporate your crazy hobbies and outside interests and how to use them to make exciting adventures. Um, so, uh, it basically, I think I give you advice if you're a fan of like at the antique road show, how to use a lovely <laughs> antique road show and make it the best adventure about it whatsoever. Or, you know, if you may, if you, if you do soap making, how you can build an adventure based on that. So, um, but that's my contribution. I think there's like, I want to say there's like 12 or 17 essays in there. I mean, it's fairly, it, it's, it's very fairly big, so. thorough. Yeah. Very, very thorough. And then, um, and then for the, for the people who don't know, um, everybody's essay also has a little adventure or a little counter where we kind of put, put, you know, put our foot, you know, put them, put our money where our mouth is. So. Yeah, it, it is excellent, thorough content. I highly encourage anyone that has been kind of thinking about it to go. I mean, if you still have the ability to do so, do, is that still available? Uh, not via Kickstarter form, but uh, where can that be found? Um, if if I don't, I, I'm not 100 certain if it's available for purchase yet. Um, we had copies of it at GaryCon, and we were people who had pledged the Kickstarter were coming picking up their copies. Uh, I don't know if it started shipping yet through backers. Uh, I know I think the PDF went out, but I don't know if we've actually got the uh, the hardcover out yet. Oh. Um, so. Uh, for, you know, fulfilling the Kickstarter and everything, uh, I'm sure it'll be available for pre. If it's not available for pre-order yet on the Goodman Games website, uh, it soon will be. Okay, so the Goodman Games site yeah. will have that. Yes. Okay. Yep. Yeah. And it's available also available through your friendly local game store. If they don't have it, tell them that you want you know uh, Goodman Games products, and and uh, we'll be more than happy to help out uh, putting them in contact with you know who 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 they should be talking to. Excellent. Um, and you're gonna, you're gonna love the book when you see it too. It's, it's a beautiful book. The uh, I, I got to take a look at a Gary Khan and they, the the art on it is great. It kind of looks like an old composition notebook, um, but there's kind of doodles all over the cover, kind of like the things that you would draw in class or anything for it. And it, it's kind of like in this gold ink, and it's just it's just a great little book. Uh, so I, I think you'll be very happy with it when you get your physical copy. Uh, <laughs> yeah, because so far I've only been able to see it on my screen. <laughs> that's uh, and if I hadn't gone to Gary Con, I that would all I would have been seen as well. So, so I, I feel your pain. <laughs> so, but, um, so yeah. Um, oh my goodness. I I know that that I should definitely have something more to say. And now we're going to have another break for our, for our sponsors. And with that, uh, do you have any any more plans this year? What what is up next for you and for Goodman at this point? Um, there, well, we're, I, I have uh, I have I'm looking at it right over my monitor now. I have what I refer to as the whiteboard of doom uh, with uh, with projects that will take me into 2018. Um, but uh, Right now, of immediate concern is obviously with the, the DCC Landmark Kickstarter going. Uh, we have plans for six uh, stretch goal modules uh, that I will luckily not be writing uh, because because uh, we have we have we have a very talented uh, group of, of writers um, who I you know we, we're kind of farming out the work for them. People who you know they some of them have worked with us with the design process earlier. Some of them are just fans of Mar. so we want to give them a chance to kind of play in the sandbox. Um, so we have six adventures set for them, uh, and as we hit all of our stretch goals, we'll you know those will be coming to everybody who's pledged. Um, we have a. The, uh, that is like the that's the next big thing uh kind of looming uh, joseph goodman and i have sat down and we have a plan for dcc like releases which will take us easily into the next two years 
uh, and beyond, uh, depending on how well the line goes. You know, if people if people want if people want more, if they're enjoying it, we have plenty of stuff. Um, I would love to. The idea was to begin DCC Lankmar set in the city of Lankmar itself, and kind of with each successive release, kind of detail more of of Nawan. So. Um, there are people who know uh, Quarmall, which is an entire underground city, which is kind of, you know, locked in this political struggle. Uh, I want to do a source book on that. Um, there's also the, the Jungle Clash, which is right by there. I want to, we want that. I want to cover more of the uh, the Cold Waste, where Fafford is from, and the, the great, the, the, uh, the Mount Everest of Nawan Stardock is there, and that is all inhabited by a race of invisible people. Uh, we want to cover that. Uh, we want to talk about going on nautical adventures and dealing with mingled pirates and, and the Sea King. And I mean, we, it just, uh, the, the plans are, I mean, there's a lot of material there to work with, and, and we want to cover as much of it as people will let us. So, uh, so we very happy to have that going. Um, that will take us easily into, uh, into as long as it can go. Um, so the DCC Lankmar line is well covered. Um, we have got uh, a couple of, I have a couple of DCC, it's just straight DCC adventures planned. Uh, one of the next one, which is kind of on the plate, uh, we announced this a little while back, but we did um, with a cover that was done by Errol Otis. Um, and I think anybody who's been around in the industry since the 80s recognizes Errol Otis. He did, of course, the classic uh, covers to the old BX uh, you know, uh, D&D box set. Um, and Errol's just an incredibly, incredibly talented um, uh, artist. Uh, and he's just got such a, a such a crazy imagination. So he did this wonderful uh, image, which is just this kind of underground cave with this weird wall. Uh, and there's a there's a thing inside the wall, and you see like a claw and like a protrudence, which looks like a brain, and and he's getting ready to either talk to or, or eat uh, like a grub who's wearing a crown in front of him and everything. So I get to write an adventure based on that. Excellent. <laughs> so, so it's 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 challenging because because I mean because I I I look over that and I'm like man I I hope my creativity can match you know what Errol can do with with you know with his with his art. Um, so, uh, so that's, that's on the to-do list. Uh, we've got, we already begun that, and that, that will be out this year. Um, well, at least completed this year and I'm hoping we'll, we'll see. Um, I'm trying to think what, oh God, there's a, yeah, uh, <laughs> uh, we've got, uh, we'll have the, at Gen Con, we'll have the, our, our usual, uh, Good Evening Games, um, uh, program that we put out every year, which is available at our booth, which is just a hodgepodge collection of stuff for all the um, all the game lines that DCC, uh, that Good Games puts out. So most likely there'll be Metamorphosis Alpha stuff, there'll be Judges Guild stuff, and there'll be DCC, there'll be DCC Lankmar, probably MCC. Uh, so they were all kind of you know doing the groundwork and letting that done. In fact, I'm working on two adventures for that right this week. Um, so yeah, we uh, we got a lot. <laughs> I have a lot. Well, I have a lot personally, and Goodman Games has a lot coming uh, in general. So, uh, so yeah. So if the we we love the fans, we love getting stuff out there. Um, and I think DCC has, I've said it before, I'll say it again, has some of the the best fans, the most creative, the most supportive fans of any company uh, that I've been associated with uh, in any game that I've ever you know written for or played. So I'm uh, very grateful for that. So. Excellent. I see that you really have poured a lot of yourself into uh, DCC Lankmark. Over the past two years, what specific part of yourself and your creativity do you think you actually push the boundaries the hardest and the most in getting oh. this out? The, uh, it was, I mean, we we really wanted to get uh, and we, it was difficult because we we were trying to pin down a an experience we were trying to pin down almost an emotional response uh that you get when you're reading library stories um they the the adventures of fat from the great master they're really unlike anything else uh that were written during that time period of course you know they've they've been they've been you know uh replicated and they there've been homages to them ever since but this uh 
the Frafford the Great Master, they're such these what I call working class heroes. Uh, they are not, you know, I, I mean, because before I read all of the library series, I had came into fantasy with more of a, a high fantasy, more of a Tolkien, um, you know, these grand wars and, and you know, noble noble heroes with laurels and, and they were doing stuff for the benefit of people. Um, Fafford of the Great Masters are, they are looking out for themselves, number one. Uh, they're looking out for each other, number two, and they are constantly screwing up. <laughs> so uh, there, there's some great adventures where they, I mean, you know, they get hornswoggled. Uh, they come out of it with nothing but bumps and bruises. Um, there's a humor to the stories, which I did, I've not seen in anything, you know, from that time period, from kind of the golden age of fantasy. Um, you know, Conan was always a very grim uh, character, uh, Elric even more so. Um, Fafford the Great Masters, there's this humor, there's this, they, they have this banter, uh, you, when you read the stories, you really get the feeling that these are, these are two friends who have been through thick and thin together, they get on each other's nerves, uh, they do that kind of, you know, macho, kind of insulting back and forth, you know, your best buddy type thing, um, and so we wanted to kind of get all of this into the stories, so I tried to get this into the rule set, like, so how do you approach that, how do you make how do you how do you capture that? How do you capture this kind of this gray morality and this this back and forth and and it really came down to the role playing elements. Um, so basically, what I think what came out the most out of that is this concept that we introduced, which is called fleeting luck. And fleeting luck in like our uh, DC has has a luck attribute. Uh, anyone who's played the game knows that that's one of your six abilities, of course. And luck is an acceptable ability. You can spend a point of luck to add a plus one to a die roll. And in like core DCC, it's really difficult to regain. Um, but we wanted to encourage that kind of that swashbuckler, uh, you know, crazy antic uh, uh, mentality that you get in library stories with DCC Lankbar. So we introduced this mechanic, which we call fleeting luck. And that is, I mean, it's it's not groundbreaking because you know other other role playing games have done it with like bennies or plot points or what have you. But this is kind of our way of implementing this. So if you succeed, you know, if you do a great die roll, you roll a natural twenty, you get a point of fleeting luck. If you um, if you do some sort of crazy antic, like if you get into a barroom brawl and you decide to set like a cask of brandy on fire and throw that at the bad guys, like you know, they're, they're just, oh, you get fleeting luck for that. If you make the other players laugh, you know, that's fleeting luck. If you're if you're role playing in a style that is indicative of like the the, the fat for the Great Master stories, that's worth fleeting luck. So there's this reward to kind of get into the mentality and pull off those hijinks. Uh, so the, the, the fleeting luck mechanic has worked very well, uh, but we knew that we couldn't just do that um kind of flat outright because if you do that by the time you get to the end of the adventure you've got a big pile of all this luck in front of you and you just go okay whatever the big bad guy is oh i'm gonna spend all this luck on it and get you know i do all this damage and everything <laughs> so we wanted to have we wanted to do because that's something we see a lot in convention games uh when we're running straight to bcc because you know people have no investment of a character over for four hours so they're i'm just gonna burn all my luck and add plus 15 to this roller so the way fleeting luck, as its name implies, luck is fleeting. So anytime somebody at the table, anytime any one of the players rolls a one that's a failure, so not like initiative or, or something like that, everybody loses their fleeting luck. It all comes back to the it all comes back to the game master. So there's no sense in, there's no sense in like trying to save that because at any moment it can go away kind of mechanic encourages people to, oh, I might as well spend it. So I might as well spend it to, you know, set that brandy cask on fire and throw it at the mingles who just came crashing in through the window or or leap, you know, leap onto a, a dung cart, as, you know, to escape the thieves guild or, and, you know, oh, I just need to get that extra roll. And what we find out is because they're doing these antics that are indicative of the stories, in turn, they're, they're getting more fleeting luck back. So they're spending it and they're getting back and they can go at any moment. So it's this wonderful little, you know, peaks and valleys thing that really captures, um, you know, that uh, that devil may care. Uh, you know, we don't know if we're going to live till tomorrow. We might as well have fun, um, and you know, uh, anything goes type of uh, of adventuring uh, that Fafnir and the Green Master has always got up to. Um, so, I think that is a uh, that is probably the mechanic. And the great thing about that is that works almost right off the bat. 
Um, that was like one of the mechanics that we had to do very little tinkering with. Uh, and people, like when we explain it to players for the first time, there's always this kind of question like, okay, I think I get this. And once they start playing, once the, the, the luck starts flying back and forth, they really get into it. And that kind of just draws them again into this, this shared, um, you know, kind of down and dirty, blue collar adventuring um, uh, mentality that we've been trying to cultivate. So I think that all of that was was the hardest thing to capture when doing DCC Lankmar. And I think it's the one that we succeeded the best with, with this mechanic. So I think it's okay. We, we knew from uh, right off the bat that this was going to be a mechanic that was not going to be um, limited to DCC Lankmar. And we've already heard stories. People have done this. They're already incorporating it in their straight DCC games because it's just, it's just a great mechanic and it really gets people involved and it gets, it gets the fun flowing. So, uh, so, so the fact that it's, it's made the jump from Lankmar, uh, I'm very happy with that. Excellent. Excellent. I, I am say, eager to get my hands on a module and and a source book and start playing it um, because that's just that's something that I haven't done yet and I do need to go to my friendly local game store and get my hands on it. Well, we have the currently out there. We have the three releases. We have uh, we have the uh, through Ningable's Cave, where it was the very one. There was the very first one we put out, uh, and that, there's uh, there's some guidelines in that for getting characters from another game world into Nawan to visit Lankmar. So that was that made sense to be the first one put out. Then we did uh, Patrons of Lankmar, where we cover about uh, I think it's six six patrons, including Death and, and you know, and Shing, you know, Shilba and Ningable would cover in, in Ningable's cave. So kind of get people who, uh, to see what we were doing with them. Uh, and and everybody DCC always needs new patrons. So we're like, okay, I would deal that. And then we put out Mask of Lankmar, which was the first adventure. Uh, so in theory, if you just have the DCC rulebook, you can get Mask of Lankmar, and, or you could get uh, the free RPG day release. Uh, and the benefit of getting that is we have available on the Goodman Games website, if you do a search for free RPG day Lankmar, uh, there's a link to a PDF which not only has uh, the pre-generated characters that we gave out for free uh, for free RPG day, but there is a short two or three page uh, summary on the fleeting luck rules and how we do healing in Lankmar when you don't have clerics running around. So, um, so if you kind of want to get your feet wet uh, and see kind of what we have in store for those, uh, you order the free RPG day, download that, uh, get Mask of Lankmar, and you can get things up and running. So Excellent. That's awesome that you can do healing without a cleric. Yeah, that was that was uh, out of mechanics which worked really well. Um, Fleet luck worked really well. It, it took us a lot of trial and effort to finally uh, get uh, non-magical healing to work as we wanted. Uh, but we, we did we did do that, and again we tied into we tied it into luck. Um, so basically the way that works is if, you, if you've taken, you know, if somebody stabbed you in a fight, you can kind of just take a breather for a second, you take a step back and you take a look and you realize, oh, you know, I didn't get it stabbed as bad, you know, that the wound was just, it was a, just a glancing wound or, you know, you catch your breath, you know, you, the adrenaline kicks in a little bit. So you regain a couple hit points, you get back into the fight. And then once the fight is over, assuming you're still standing and everything, you can kind of kick back, you can, you know, you can, uh, you can bind the wounds, you can take a, you know, take a big swig of, you know, uh, the cold take brandy and you know kind of get re get regenerized and like okay, all right everybody, let's go again that yeah was a fun one yeah <laughs> so again and again ties into the, the the setting itself um so but uh so yeah so, and and again the uh and again this is that's another thing that we think will jump into other uh versions of tcc uh if you want to do something like you like you know do something in uh, uh, Hyboria if you want you know do some you know Conan esque setting, um, mm -hmm. non magical healing will apply to that just as well. So yeah. or you know so. so it all ties back into what I said early on is that it had to work on three different levels and uh, and I think we've done it well. <laughs> yeah, that that's awesome. So over at Goodman, you've been doing a lot, a lot, a lot. Um, I mean, I'm I'm so excited for you and Jim and just to see what you both have been doing and you especially with DCC Lankmar. Um, I'm very glad to have been able to speak with you and to, in, in a sense, uh, get a small picture into what's been going on with you 
uh, regarding that because I know you've put a lot of work into this and I, I'm just excited to see it come to fruition. I am. Uh, I think all of us who've been working on it have been very proud of what we did, and you know, we we know we've put our best effort into it. We came into with a lot of love for the source material. I mean, all of us, all of us went like we found out that we got the Lankmar license. We were ecstatic because we these were the stories that we kind of you know this 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 for, this formulated our understanding of fantasy role playing. Um, and what I, I always compare Lankmar to it's a Plato's cave. It's, you know, every, every fantasy city, you know, there's Greyhawk or Waterdeep or, or anything that's come out for role-playing games are all these kind of shadowy reflections of Lankmar. I mean, it's just, it's, Lankmar has been so influential on the hobby to be able to kind of go and work on the, you know, the, the original fantasy city, um, that, that has it was Return it was source, in a sense it was so it was so exciting but it was also it was daunting uh so we we've never we've never forgotten um you know the 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 fact that there's so many people out there who love this setting who love those stories and because we love them as well uh, i mean we know that we, we're never going to be able to satisfy everybody because because it, 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 it's a story first and foremost. And when you read the story, everybody has their own interpretations of it in their mind. You know, uh, the one thing we notice with Lankmar is how you picture the city depends on where you where you're from uh, in the country or in the world. I grew up in New York, so Lankmar to me is very much influenced influenced by New York City. Uh, Doug Kovacs, who is our art artist, he's from Chicago, and he sees a lot of Chicago in Lankmar. There are people who swear that Lankmar is based on San Francisco. I see there's also some LA in there. So it's 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 this great. It can be everything, um, and it, and it's it's so it's so malleable to what how you want to portray it. Which is why we, when we put the rules out, we include a lot of options in it. So it kind of you can pick and choose like this works for how I want to run my line. Um, so the, uh, so yeah, so we, we, we were excited to do that and we, we, there was, there's nothing but love, uh, and, and the feedback we've got from people is that they're able to see the, the respect and the love that we put into it. And, and that's something I'm extremely proud of. And it's something I think everybody who's worked on it is proud of. So it's not often <sighs> that you, that you see something that, is so where it's such a visible effort there mm -hmm. and and i'm so i'm so glad again i'm so glad to have uh, been able to speak with you it almost i i would say how long had you been doing that by the time that we had our first interview at free um, day last year yeah so so we probably i mean we 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 had our first meeting about DCC Lankmar uh, three Gen Cons ago, not counting this year. So 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 you know so we, one Gen Con and then you know from one Gen Con to the next Gen Con that was one year, and then you know to the next year so it was two years on it. So that would have been two thousand fourteen, two thousand fifteen. Um, so that was we've been working on it since then. Um, and, uh, and, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it feels like I've been working on it forever. <laughs> but, <laughs> um, but no, I mean, it, it's been such a, uh, it's been such an honor to be able to do this. And, uh, and like I said, we, it was, it's, it's been, it's been a labor of love. Um, and, uh, and it's, it's kind of weird because I, I feel like we've, you know, we, we came on and we talked about a free RPG day. We've been talking about it. Our what's, what's new with good in a game seminars. We've been, you know, um, people always want to know what's going on. Like, and I feel like I've been talking about it forever. And now that, you know, the, you know, that now that the, the Kickstarter is out there and we've got 12 days left or whatever. And then, you know, we're kind of seeing an end to the first phase of it. And then really it's going to go out there and it's going to be up to the fans and the fans are going to say, you know, I mean, ultimately they're going to judge us and they're going to say, okay, you guys, you guys did what you, you know, you guys did what you set out to do and you guys got it right. And hopefully that's going to be a response because that means, okay, we, we, we've laid the foundation and now we've got nothing to do, but to build, continue to build on that and keep telling stories about Lankmar and about Nawan and get all the, the, un, you know, the undocumented sections of this entire world that we haven't had a chance to visit yet and bring them to people's gaming tables.
So that's that's the the next phase, and uh, and that's going to be just as exciting and uh, and hopefully a little less stressful because now we have a solid base to build on. <laughs> so, but, but yeah. Was, uh, yeah, and, and I have to say, I'm very happy to be on here and talking with you because it means I'm not working on Lankmar. It means I could take a short <laughs> break right now. <laughs> so, uh, regarding things that are not Lankmar, is there anything else that you would like to update us about? Well, uh, I say you know uh, I will I will mention it because we just had the announcement at uh, DCC at uh, DCC at GaryCon about a month ago, and it's, it's already spread out there. Um, Goodman Games uh, has partnered with Wizards of the Coast to do reprints of the classic uh, Dungeons Dragons modules um, uh, uh, B1 in Search of the Unknown and B2 Keep on the Borderlands. Um, I, I'm lucky enough to play a very small role on getting those out there. Um, I can't say too much about it because, like I say, I'm like a very secondary role of it, but I have, uh, from what I understand, uh, this is basically the idea that uh, um, people who've been in the hobby since you know the 80s or whatever I mean they kind of cut their they kind of their first experience were these modules uh, they played these back you know back in the day and they had you know great experience with them they played it under the original BX or first edition or, or what have you or even you know the homes of the basic or original DNA now we're 40 years down the line since the birth of Dean, the, the fifth edition out, and it's doing really well. And you know, the people who played those games are now they have kids of their own. And this is kind of the this is the idea. This is since this is to get that shared experience where you know uh, mom and dad can play an adventure with you know their son or daughter, and they can have that shared experience of their family. Like oh, you know, I remember doing this back in 1980, whatever. And you know, I remember going into you know the caves of chaos and and fighting the kobolds and dying there to giant rats or something. Now you know the 30 odd years down the line, they get to do that with their kids. And I think that's that's it's such a great um, it's such a great concept, uh, and I, I I love I love the idea of you know again things coming full circle, um, and Goodman Games has done an extraordinarily good job of kind of documenting you know the gamings that have come in the past. We had the release with uh, the Judges Guild, which is the reprint of that material. A lot of it was just very difficult to find kind of gave metamorphosis alpha some love the more most love it has ever gotten in, in its entire existence um and now uh which is the coast is allowing us to kind of do the same magic with uh, uh in search of the unknown and keep uh, keep uh, keep on the borderlands so not only are we converting the original modules will be uh, you will have reprints of the original modules with kind of the additional art because there were several different printings of some of them um there'll be essays where we talk to people like mike carr who wrote uh in search of the unknown I know Frank Menser has done an essay and stuff. So not only will this be a historical document and there'll be a nostalgia factor to it, it will also be something that you can be in a shared experience with your family or you know, uh, your friends or, you know, the, uh, so, uh, so I'm very happy, even though I'm working in a very small secondary capacity, I'm happy to be part of that. Chris Doyle, who is kind of the lead writer on, within that, who is the lead writer on that, lead developer on everything. I've seen his work. He's done an amazing job. And uh, I think people are going to be very happy with this when when it, when it comes out. I don't know for certain when it's going to come out or anything. I don't have any of that information. Mm -hmm. I'm just happy to be able, again, with Lankmar, I'm happy to be able to work on a classic. Uh, and, you know, uh, it's an honor to do, uh, to do so in whatever small capacity I'm allowed. So that's, mm -hmm. a, that's the, I think, the most, the, the most recent of the big Goodman Games news. Yeah. That's so awesome to be a part of something that like that. That's huge. I mean, to, to me, that that's huge to be able to make a difference in the lives of so many and and so deeply because that is deeply personal to go to a table and and try on different environments. To me, it, it, it can be just a shared experience with people that you game with, whether they be friends, whether they be family, like especially if they're family, you know. Mm. Yeah, it's uh, yeah. I mean, they, I think the uh, that 
it, it took a while. I mean, because I'm like an armchair historian about the history of the hobby and everything. And when you know when D and D first came out, TSR had no really interest in putting out these you know these prepackaged adventures because they thought why why put out something that anybody could make up at home? And it wasn't until Judges Guild kind of first started. I mean, they were really the, the first third party who did anything you know uh, big with it. And I was lucky enough to work with the Judges Guild reprint, so I you know I had my finger in that pie. I've been very lucky with you know my history of. of who I've had a chance to work with, but it is, it's that shared experience. Uh, it's the idea of that, you know, there's somebody on the other side of the country or the other side of the world who's not in your gaming group. But when you go to a convention, you can talk about, yeah, okay, what what happened when you went to the Caves of Chaos? Oh yeah, well, you know, we said, you know, they, they said Bree Ark and then like the big ogre came out with, oh yeah, that happened to us or that shared commonality. Um, which didn't really exist because b before that, because you had, you know, you had individual dungeon masters creating their adventures and you might be able to talk about, you know, oh yeah, well, we fought an ogre. Yeah, we fought an ogre last week too, but it wasn't the same circumstances and the shared experience kind of knits us together as gamers. And I think the more that we have of that, um, I think the better we are as, as a community and, uh, and and I think we definitely need more of that. So that's why I'm very happy we're we're going to this is this is going to be happening with uh, with B1 and B2. So the more of that, the better. Excellent. And and thank you, thank you so much, Michael, for taking the time to speak with me this evening. As always, it's it's a very uh, a very unique experience. I really enjoy being able to sit down. With with you and see what's going on in your world because you've always uh, got something interesting going on. <laughs> uh, yeah, I sometimes I dream of a time where I won't have anything interesting going on, but you know, hey, <laughs> uh, I'm living the dream. So uh, it's always a joy to come on. Uh, you know, I, I'm, it's been a while, but I'm glad. And uh, I have to wish you congratulations. You know, this is show what 103 now. You know, you've got I think 100 it's 103. Yeah. Yeah, I, I never, I never, I never thought we would hit 100, and and I, I that's so terrible of me to say. I, I'm well, very thankful that things have happened the way that they have. Yeah. And good luck. I hope you get another hundred and 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 more. So, and I, I hope we get a chance to come back again and uh, and talk about whatever whatever we've got cooking then. So, absolutely, my door is always open. And thank you so much. And I wish everyone listening happy gaming and have a wonderful evening. This podcast is a proud member of the Legends of Tabletop Broadcast Network. For more gaming related content, please visit www.legendsoftabletop.com.